कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय प्रभु पाद जय प्रभु पादा प्रभु पादा शिला प्रभु पादा प्रभु पाद प्रभु पाद प्रभु पाद जय जय प्रभु पाद की जय अनंत कोटि वैष्णव वृंद की जय थैंक यू भाई ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय टुडे वील कंटिन्यू रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स is entitled prescribed duties for mankind chapter number 6 it is called king chitraketu meets the lord and today we are on text number 37 kshiti aadi bhir esa kilavritah क्षिति आदिभिर्स किलाशुणोत्तरेकोश पतति अनुकल्प यतति अनुकल्प सहांडकोटिकोटिस्तदन 
सहांद कोटि कोटि भीष तद अनंत क्षिति आदि भीर ऐसा किलावृत सप्त भीर दश गुणोत्तरेर अंडकोशः यत्र पतति अणुकल्पः सहांड कोटि कोटि बेस्तद अनंतः Shitiyadi Veerasa Kilvitaha Sapta Veerasa forward meaning kshiti adi bihi by the ingredients of the material world headed by earth esaha this kila indeed avritaha covered 
सप्तभि सेवन दस गुण उत्तरे इच टेन टाइम्स मोर देन द प्रीवियस वन अंडकोश एग शेप्ड यूनिवर्स यत्र इन होम पतती फॉल्स अणुकल्प लाइक अ माइन्यूट एटम सह विथ अंडकोटिकोटिभि मिलियन्स ऑफ सच यूनिवर्सिस तत् देर फोर अनंत यू आर कॉल्ड अनलिमिटेड ट्रांसलेशन एंड परपोर्ट बाय श्रीला प्रभुपाद श्रीला प्रभुपाद की ट्रांसलेशन एवरी यूनिवर्स इज कवर्ड बाय सेवन लेयर्स अर्थ वाटर फायर एयर स्काई the total energy and false ego each 10 times greater than the previous one there are innumerable universes besides this one and and although they are unlimitedly large they move about like atoms in you therefore you are called unlimited ananta please repeat after me every universe is covered by seven layers earth water fire air sky the total energy and false ego each 10 times greater than the previous one there are innumerable universes besides this one and although they are unlimitedly large they move about like atoms in you therefore you are called unlimited ananta ananta purport the brahma samhita 5.48 says yasyeka nisvasita kalam athaivalambhya जीवंतिलोम विलज जगदंडनाथ विष्णुर्महानस इव यशेषो गोविंदमादिपुरुषम तम हम भजामी दि ओरिजिन ऑफ द मटेरियल क्रिएशन इज महाविष्णु हुलाइज इन द कॉजल ओशन वाइल ही स्लिप्स इन दैट ओशन मिलियन्स ऑफ यूनिवर्सेस are generated as he exhales and they are all inhaled when he inhales this mahavishnu is a plenary portion of a portion of vishnu govinda yasya kala visheshah the word kala refers to a plenary portion of a plenary portion from krishna or govinda comes balram from balram comes shankarshan from shankarshan narayan from narayan the second shankarshan from the second shankarshan mahavishnu from mahavishnu garbhodakshay vishnu and from garbhodakshay vishnu kshirodakshay vishnu 
Shirodakshai Vishnu controls every universe. This gives an idea of the meaning of Ananta, unlimited. What is to be said of the unlimited potency and existence of the Lord? This verse describes the coverings of the universe. Saptabhir dasagunotai andakoshaha. The first covering is earth, the second is water, the third is fire, the fourth is air, the fifth is sky, the sixth is the total material energy, and the seventh is the false ego. Beginning with the covering of the earth, each covering is ten times greater than the previous one. Thus, we can only imagine how great each universe is. And there are many millions of universes as confirmed by the Lord Himself in Bhagavad Gita 10.42. Atva bahu naitena kim gnatena tavarjuna vishtabhyaham idam krishnam ekam senas sthito jagat. But what need is there, Arjuna? If all this detailed knowledge, with a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. The entire material world manifests only one-fourth of the Supreme Lord's energy. Therefore, he is called Ananta. Om Gyanati Mendesya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshurumnitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Namo Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Burijan Prabhuti Namine Namo Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyata Deshatarine Vanchakalpatrubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyavacha Aditanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vashadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare 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 Krishna <coughs> Okay, those who are following Srimad Bhagavatam, daily reading and hearing, what is happening here? Can you please enlighten us? What is this verse is about, Prabhuji? Yes. How Lord is unlimited? Anyone remembers? Okay, looking without the board, what is spoken in the in this verse? Yes, Roy. One-fourth part of Krishna's entire creation. 
So that was in a purport, right? But in the verse, what has just been said? Yes, very good. And why he is called Ananta? Yes. Uh, so, <clears throat> this uh, explanation of this universe has been described, and each <clears throat> universe is covered by these uh, seven elements. Hmm? And starting from Earth to false ego, <clears throat> it each <clears throat> Each uh, layer is uh, ten times greater than the previous one. And in the purport, Srila Prabhupada mentions that this each universe are coming from uh, Mahavishnu. When he exhales, uh, this universes float about. And when he inhales, this all the universes again comes back to his body uh, within himself. And yet, Kshirodakshaya Vishnu, then uh, uh, different uh, expansions are mentioned. Kshirodakshaya Vishnu also enters into each and every atom of this universe. So he is within and without. He is everywhere, practically. And that is why it is called, that you are called Ananta. There is no limit. We shall uh, understand this particular uh, purport uh, further in the class. So what uh, this verse is uh, talking is basically uh, Lord's greatness, Lord's opulence, Lord's qualities, Lord's energy. And as I asked you earlier, what is happening in this section? Who is speaking here? To whom? Anyone can say? Those who are reading Srimad Bhagavatam daily, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam daily. Who is speaking this verse? Hmm? King Chitraketu. To whom? To the Lord. And who is that Lord? Sankarshan, Lord Ananta. Right? So he is referring hmm? This uh, verse particularly, that how you are called Lord Ananta. Hmm? Everything comes from you and everything is within you. Hmm? And you are within everything. Hmm? So that is why you are called Lord Ananta. So a little bit background. Uh, what happens that when uh, <coughs> Vitrasur was uh, killed by Indra, hmm? at that time uh, Vitrasur eggs exhibited his exalted position as a great devotee of the Lord. And hearing that, Parikshit Maharaj got astonished that how come, you know, this Vitrasur, who is in the body of a demon, but uh, you know, he exhibited symptoms of a pure devotee. He is fully surrendered. Look at him. You know? So he got very inquisitive that I want to know more about this person. Please, uh, Sukhdev Goswami, my spiritual master, please tell me about this person. Who is he and how come he attained such an exalted uh, position? Apparently he looks like a demon. 
and he is demon he acted like a demon so then sukhdev goswami mentions his yeah, previous life and then how that's how chitraketu maharaj got introduced here so in his previous life vitrasur was hmm, uh, king chitraketu he started from there now we know a little story about chitraketu in the previous verses so what happens chitraketu maharaj had uh, so many wives how many wives one crore 10 million wives he had hmm? why Uh, because he wasn't able to beget a child hmm? being a king he felt it is my duty to uh, give uh, good progeny hmm? that can continue legacy of monarchy and uh, upheld the in the righteousness in the society upheld the dharma in the society and lead the society in very uh, very uh, dharmic way hmm? so he desired to have a son but unfortunately he couldn't beget son from his wife and then uh, in, in uh, to fulfill that desire he got married to another uh, then another another like that 10 million times he got married hmm? he had 10 million wives but unfortunately none of them could give him son <clears throat> and he was in great anxiety great uh, uh, grief <clears throat> that you know i cannot uh have child and what happens that uh, angir muni visits him a day and then uh, conversation happens and then he discloses that this is my uh, cause of grief cause of lamentation and then angir muni seeing how much he was attached mm, to have a son <clears throat> although Angir Muni is enlightened and very exalted devotee, and he would have told him uh, about Bhagavad Dharma and uh, pure devotional service. At that time, he chose not to tell him, but uh, helped him performing yajna, and then with that yajna, uh, he was able to beget child in his jest uh, patni, uh, the most uh, uh, senior. wife amongst all the wives but then uh, after some time that child dies and then again hmm, he was in great grief great lamentation hmm? his co-wives uh, got envious and he poisoned they, they they all conspired and they poisoned this uh, little boy harshashoka and he died so this brought great lamentation and again that time narad muni and angira muni comes to see chitraketu maharaj and then at this time they chose to enlighten him in pure devotional service and they preached in a such a way that king along with all the wives they all got uh, to understand what is happening here they got completely detached from this this material world and chitra <coughs> king chitraketu maharaj got initiated by narad muni narad muni gave him a mantra and blessed him that you know uh, after 7 days you will see the lord face to face chitraketu maharaj um, very faithfully chanted that mantra and within 7 days um, after 7 days he got to see the lord 
And this is what this verse is about. As soon as Chitraketu Maharaj had darshan of Lord Anantadev, he started offering prayers. So this is where we are right now. The section is spoken by Chitraketu Maharaj to Lord Anantadev in his glorification. So, this is something to learn here. When we have a great personality appear before us, we should offer some words of glorification. We should offer a nice reception and some pleasing words. When we come to temple, we offer some prayers and glorification to the Lord because we are seeing the great personality. And not only that, amongst devotees also we should do this, uh, this, this practice. We should practice like this. And then someone can say, well, you know, uh, how, is it, how is it practical, you know, seeing devotee and, you know, you start glorifying. Prabhu, you are like this, you are like that, you know, and then next person comes, Prabhu, you are like this, you are like that. <laughs> things doesn't work like that, Prabhuji. You know, how we'll go about the other things, you know, we'll just uh, keep uh, talking about devotees all the time. Hmm? <clears throat> yes, you are right. But at least in our mind we can offer respect. Hmm? Not necessary that if I see a devotee five times a day, and then five times, you know, I, I have respect for him, and I know his greatness, and I... It doesn't mean that, you know, every time I spend, you know, five, ten minutes, you know, glorification of him, and then, you know, we come to the point, you know, <laughs> talking about services or anything else. No, but we have respect. At least in mind we can offer the respect. Oh, such a nice devotee. Hmm? And then we carry on our uh, regular services with that devotee. Huh? Just like a king, when he enters an assembly, he is being glorified by his associates. A person you know, will glorify that such and such king, who is Danvir, who is a great charitable person, or he is very chivalrous, you know, very, very shurvir, and like that, you know, so many words he will speak about that king. And he will glorify. And then, you know, such a great king enters the assembly. Now in the assembly, who are, who are there in the assembly? There are some new people. There are some, uh, his own people sitting there, right? His minister sitting there. So for his ministers, uh, what is the situation? They are daily hearing about uh, this, law, uh, this, this uh, king's glories. Am I right? They are daily hearing, oh, our king is such a such person, you know, he's so great. He has so many great qualities. What happens to them? Their loyalty towards their king increases. Their loyalty towards their king gets strengthened. And there are some people who are maybe, you know, coming for first time in that assembly to resolve their problems, to present their, their problems to the king and then, you know, get some solution out of that. And they might be seeing for first time that great king and they are hearing about their king oh our king is so magnanimous oh he is so so kind to his people his his uh, his uh, praja uh, definitely my problem will also get solved uh, so they get enthusiasm they get faith in the king and they get trust in the in that king 
So see the advantage of hearing the glories of the great person, whether you are new or old. Same way, you know, amongst devotees, uh, we, we, there is always advantage. That's why we see in Bhagavatam, uh, on and on, you know, so many times, on and off, you know, we hear uh, sections of prayers. Mm. Many devotees, uh, every devotee, practically every devotee, in every section you will see, mm, they are glorifying the Lord. And who are the one who gets benefit, benefited? Everyone. Uh, Right from the neophyte devotee to the pure devotee. Those who are reading Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, they get purified, they get benefited, and their Shraddha and their trust in the Lord gets established. And even pure devotees, they increase their faith, they get their devotion more stronger, and they get joy hearing about their Lord. Glories. So that's why we see so many times, you know, this particular verse, for example, it talks about uh, how universe is being covered by different layers and how this uh, Lord is um, creating this universe. So many times we, we come across the same explanation, right? If you have read Srimad Bhagavatam, we know that. Uh, and if you want to go in detail in fifth canto, you will see. It has been described very elaborately how this universe is structured. But it's not boring for the devotee. They, they, they rejoice hearing the same glorification. And the new devotee also gets benefited by seeing this. So, we shouldn't skip through. When it comes at one time, you know, I felt, oh, these are, again, prayers came, you know, same thing, you know, like that, you know, they just keep reading, you know. But it is great meditation for us to go to each verses and, you know, analyze that. And after reading this verse, you know, practically I thought, oh, this is about creation. What can I speak on this verse? But then when you start meditating, you can feel, you can see that Lord is reciprocating with you and, you know, you can go so much, you can get so much understanding uh, just from this single verse, which apparently looks like, you know, just about creation. There is nothing there. But here we'll see how Lord Ananta, why he is called Lord Ananta. We'll understand the word Ananta, his name Ananta. Now, tell me, question for you. What is the meaning of ananta? Infinite, unlimited, endless, doesn't have any end. In our survey, uh, tell me the things. What is the opposite of ananta? Limited. So tell me the things you observe in this world, in your life, which is limited. Boys? What? Lifespan is limited, yes. Living and it lives for certain years of life. What else is limited? Hmm? Earth is limited, okay. Just see around in this room, what is limited? <coughs> Length of is this room is limited, right? Uh, person's height is limited, right? What is limited? Practically, 
everything is limited, right? What we observe, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, every pleasure is even more subtle, exactly. Huh? Our pleasures are limited. Time is limited. How? Time for pleasure. No, you're talking about time or pleasure? Time is uh, moving, right? So when you are enjoying, uh, that enjoyment won't last long. That's what Prabhu says, that uh, pleasure is limited for a certain time. But when you speak about time particularly, uh, it keeps on going. Uh, right? This time doesn't stop. Now, opposite to that, what are the things in this material world which apparently, apparently I'm using the word, apparently, appears that they are unlimited? Money is unlimited. <laughs> apparently, it looks like. Eh? <laughs> what else? Ocean, yes, very good point. Clue, ocean, anything else? When you stand in front of ocean, you know, it looks like, you know, it's endless, right? How it is unlimited? Okay, I'll take it from there. Let's say sun. Sun has fire, right? It's fiery globe. And it emanates lot of light and heat, isn't it? So night falls, we don't see sun then, but sun is always there, right? In some other part of the world, sun is there. So it appears that sun has unlimited energy, unlimited light and heat coming from it, right? There you go. Anything else? Universe. This universe, when you see, see the sky, you know, it appears that, you know, when you, oh, imagination is your limit. I mean, sky is your limit for your imagination, they say like that. So you see the sky, it looks like, you know, it's unlimited. Any other subtle points I'm looking for, can someone say? Body energy, that is also limited, our strength is limited, how much we can go for, right? Can you play uh, cricket whole day? <laughs> you get tired, right? Exactly. This is the word I was looking for. So, more subtle. Desires. What about desires? Do you think they are limited? Or they are unlimited? Unlimited, isn't it? Our desires are unlimited. As soon as you wake up, you know, there are so many desires. And there are so many desires from previous day, day before, even months before, year before, 
Uh, and from our maybe you know early days of youth or maybe childhood, uh, still carrying on. Uh, and sometimes you know that single desire uh, will keep you moving throughout your life, isn't it? Uh, desires keeps on coming, uh, gets fulfilled, and then something else in between, and then something else comes, something else comes. You know, mind is constantly uh, having desires, unlimited desires in that way. Right. So this is what uh, I wanted to speak about. Unlimited desires. Can we stop our desires? Can we stop our desires? Yes. How? Yes. And you eat so much, you get, you, you fall asleep, and then you feel like, okay, I'm done. But as soon as we wake up, we are conscious, you know, our desires again pops in. Huh? It is nature of the soul, Ananda Mayobhyasa, always uh, seeking the pleasure. The, the living entity, the Atma, the soul, always pleasure seeking. Huh? And to, to fulfill that desire, to 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 be to be joyful, hmm? he comes up with so many desires. Okay, do this, do that, gain this, uh, avoid this. This how you'll be happy, hmm? and that's what happening to us. So, in essence, soul cannot desire. The only thing soul can do is just desire. Hmm? Then everything rest is done by three modes and Lord. Hmm? So, we cannot avoid desiring. And if we observe the quality of our desires, what are, they, what are they like? What are these desires are like? What does... Exactly. You know, for our, our body, our extended bodies, like our family members, and our positions. So, everything is related to in the material world. Everything is related to matter. So these desires are categorized in the material realm. Is there anything else than that? Can we have different sort of desires? When we are chanting, and this all fall in material world, material category. When you are chanting, or when you are, when you are serving, doing some seva, uh, you you feel like uh, you want to do some seva. So is that material desire? Spiritual, Spiritual desire. You you want to chant. Is that uh, material desire? No, it is spiritual desire, right? Connected to Lord Krishna and devotees, they are all in spiritual nature. So now thing is, <coughs> material desires gives us so many problems, so many anxieties and so many so many uh, issues in our life. But as I said, Anandamaya Vyasa, the, the, the soul wants to have happiness, joy, uh, bliss. Then uh, our nature of desires needs to be changed from material desires to spiritual desires. And we have seen, we, we, we have seen when, when we engage ourselves in spiritual activities, hmm, then 
the happiness experienced is way way different it's completely different from the experience we desire from gaining any fulfilling any material desires right am i right huh? even in the beginning stage we can uh, we can uh, uh, we can experience this what to speak of when we advance huh? but <clears throat> this material desires are such even amongst devotees uh, we we struggle to completely transform our material desires into spiritual desire am i right at least i do i tell you a little story about this so there was a one man who was living like a mendicant almost uh, uh, he didn't possess anything almost like a mendicant he was living in a little hut and whatever he used to get he would uh, he would uh, maintain himself uh, and he would perform his uh, daily rit- uh, rituals and his little sadhana he would do hmm? and very simple living fellow but what used to happen that every now and then his clothes he was wearing clothes gets torn hmm? he would see there are big holes you know sometime here in this cloth that cloth hmm? so he figured out that there is one mice hmm, in my house and uh, that mice is actually eating away this cloth and then he started thinking you know okay what should i do now you know how to solve this problem so he thought okay mice is afraid of cat so let me bring a cat and then uh, problem will be solved okay so he brought a cat in his little hut and the problem got solved but then uh, every now and then that cat would run away from his hut mm. and then this person had to search for that cat and you know bring it back and then he started why this is happening so of course you know the cat gets hungry so cat goes away in different other houses and you know they they it's there mm. they would feed him feed that cat something mm. so he said okay i have to give this cat milk to keep it here <laughs> so then he thought what can i do okay where the milk come from i have to get a cow so he thought uh, let me get a cow and he brought a cow to his uh, little hut and then started uh, maintaining that cow and he would get it <clears throat> but after some time you know he started thinking are so much work you know i have to bathe the cow i have to feed the cow you know and uh, milk the cow daily and then give the milk to cat and all these things so much work yeah. what else i can do you know to resolve this problem so he looked around and he saw you know some other people in his neighbor neighborhood uh, they also had cow and he saw you know oh, there is woman there who is uh, milking the cow uh, and who is looking after the cow okay so i should also get woman <laughs> so he thought um, okay let me get married so now he got married so now imagine you know when you get married when you enter in grahastha ashram you know what happens uh, so he got uh, married and then um, here his wife you know daily looks after that cow looked looks after his uh, hus- her husband and soon after that there are some children in the in the little 
house. And then his family got expanded. And then his more responsibility came. That, okay, how to look after my kids, send them to education, uh, teach them, play with them, uh, get some toys. Uh, and then, uh, you know, this little hut is small, so get the bigger house. So like that, you know, more and more demands came and he got engaged more and more into different sorts of responsibilities. And then he started working more to maintain his family. He started working more and then one day he sat down and, you know, started thinking, okay, what am I doing, you know? Why, why am I in this situation, you know? I don't have time. He felt that I'm compromising my spiritual life, the practice I used to daily do. Daily, daily do my sadhana and then rituals and uh, studying literatures. I have no time, practically, you know. I'm engaged in all these uh, homely duties. <clears throat> and he started going back and started thinking, you know, how did it all started? And then he said, oh, that was just one hole in the cloth, you know, caused by mouth, mice in my house. And then see, from one little desire that he wanted to get rid of that rat, uh, how that developed into, you know, another desire, another desire, another desire, and then, you know, from one desire, you know, it developed in so many desires that, you know, he got caught up into so many other responsibilities that eventually, you know, he compromised his devotional life. And it was too late when he realized that. So that's how this maya in this material world works and it tricks a living entity. <clears throat> These desires, unlimited desires, we have to be very careful. That person would have just accepted whatever situation he had and continued. Okay, I'm wearing torn cloth, doesn't matter, you know, but let me continue my devotional service. But then he, something triggered and then he got trapped into that, right? So this is the thing in our devotional life. We think that, you know, if this gets resolved, then, you know, I can do devotional service very nicely. If only I have this thing, then I can do devotional service in better way. Then I'll be, the, there'll be perfect time for devotional service. No, whatever you have, whatever we have uh, at present time, we can perform devotional service. Devotional service is not dependent on anything. Uh, we hear in nectar of devotion. Uh, devotional service is not dependent on anything. Uh, whatever wealth we have, whatever strength we have, whatever intelligence we have, whatever skills or abilities we have, uh, that is sufficient. Uh, someone has more, someone has less, but the both are qualified to do devotional service right at that time in their life. Uh, there is no hindrance in that. For example, Srila Prabhupada. So Srila Prabhupada, uh, when he received instruction from his spiritual master that you go abroad and preach, uh, teach this uh, Bhagavad uh, uh, Bhagavat knowledge, this knowledge of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita to English-speaking world. Go abroad and spread this message of Lord Krishna to uh, everyone in the Western countries. 
And at this time, you know, Prabhupada was young like us. He had his business of uh, uh, chemist. He was working as a chemist and he had his business. So he was thinking that, you know, uh, uh, let me earn some more money, hmm? gather some more money, you know, going abroad at that time, you know, talking about 1950s hmm? or even 40s. At that time, you know, going abroad hmm, wasn't so easy. Uh, just like today, you know, we just uh, pay some money and, you know, fly to different country. It wasn't like that. So at least he thought, let me gather some money and then uh, make some contacts and, you know, gradually uh, I will fulfill that desire. But then, you know, by Lord's plan, his uh, business didn't go well. He made uh, loss, in fact, and he never had enough money. But then, you know, time was clicking. Time doesn't stop. And he got almost 70 years old. So he was thinking, you know, I can, I'm an old person, you know, I can die anytime now. And what about my uh, duty uh, to my spiritual master? You know, when will I uh, accomplish that? So at least let me give a try. And he started uh, working on it. And somehow, by Krishna's mercy, it worked out uh, that he got uh, a ticket in a in a cargo ship that was going from Mumbai to uh, America. And he had only two months visa and uh, hardly any money he had, 40 rupees he had. So imagine going to different country um, with a very short visa and very little money <laughs> to accomplish uh, something his uh, spiritual master wanted. But with no means, practically no means, he went there. And today we see the result, how uh, Krishna consciousness, how ISKCON is spread worldwide and every continent, every country we have devotees chanting Hare Krishna. Hmm? So here, hmm, Prabhupada didn't, uh, of course at one point he was thinking, but he understood this point as well, hmm? that nothing is dependent on, uh, devotional service is not dependent on anything else. Uh, it can be executed. Hmm? And when we do that, with that utmost sincerity, Krishna helps. Hmm? So in our life, uh, unlike this person hmm, who thought hmm, and got trapped into different, different desires, hmm, we shouldn't be in that place, rather than we should follow the footsteps of Srila Prabhupada. And whatever we have, uh, we should continue devotional service at right moment. It's not that, you know, time will come in future. <laughs> that time I will do. No, there is never a good time. Good time is right now. And there's another little story like that one person, uh, <clears throat> young like us. So one day one sadhu visits him and then uh, started talking to him. And the sadhu thought, you know, let me give him some uh, uh, knowledge about spirituality. So this person, uh, Maharaj, you know, I'm a young person right now. You know, I just finished my studies and I'm, you know, getting into work and, you know, earning money. Uh, and I'm planning to get married after that. You know, let me settle down first and then I'll continue. I'll, I'll, I'll do what you are saying. And then Sadhu goes away. After some time, Sadhu visits the same person 
and this person again, you know. Oh, now see, you know, I'm married and I have little kids, you know, I have to look after them, I have to spend some time with them, uh, I have to give them education and this and that. Uh, let me let me finish this responsibility first and then I'll be free. Hmm? Uh, but uh, Sadhu said, you know, you said, you know, you will, you will do. After you get married, you will be settled nicely. You will do uh, chanting Hare Krishna. But um, now you are telling me different reasons. Oh, yes, yes, but you know, look at this, you know, how can, how can I ignore them? You know, I have, I must do this. So he gave another excuse like that and he uh, said, you know, I'll do that in future. So the sadhu went away. After some time he comes and then uh, this person again uh, said, no, sadhu Maharaj, you know, thank you for coming. I'm great. I'm, I'm so happy to see you again. And Sadhu says, no, now you chant Hare Krishna. So this person says, now, you know, my sons are grown up, you know, I have to get them married, you know, and get them settled, you know, and my business is also now growing, so I have to teach them business so they can also get settled in their life. You know, let me finish this thing, you know, then I will do. I'll chant Hare Krishna. Sure, sure, I'll do that, you know. And then this Sadhu again goes away. After some time, this Sadhu again visits that person. And then uh, this person says, oh, now, you know, I'm grandfather, you know, <laughs> I have these little grandchildren, I have to spend time with them, I have to play with them, and you know, my boys, you know, they are also, you know, now a little bit settling into business, let me help them, you know, let me sort out this, once i done with this, I'm retired, I have a lot of time, and I'll do the chanting, I'm sure, I promise you, I'll do the chanting, and then I'm yours, Maharaj, please give me some time, and Maharaj goes away. And after some time, Maharaj again comes, and then the sadhu sees, and then he calls, you know, where is such and such person? And then his uh, sons comes. Uh, and what happened? Uh, they showed him a photo. <laughs> he's no more, he's gone. And then the sadhu uh, was a little sad. Oh, I tried so much to go convince him to chant Hare Krishna. Throughout his life, he just... Uh, Spent like that, you know, giving reasons one after another, you know, I'll do this, I'll do this, and then I'll chant Hare Krishna. And he was walking out of house, and there was one dog barking there. And then he, this dog came and, you know, started barking to this sadhu. So immediately this, you know, sons of that person comes out, and they started beating that dog with the stick, you know, go away, go away, you know, don't disturb this sadhu, you know. Go away. And like that, they were beating the dog. But as soon as the sadhu saw, uh, he was so elevated, so realized, he understood, this person is none other than the same person, you know. <laughs> uh, the same person he tried to teach uh, and convince him to chant Hare Krishna. Now that person died and they took birth as a dog in front of that same house. He is protecting his wealth and he is looking after, you know, his children, that how they are doing with that money. Uh, in form of dog, he was there. But then he was crying and, you know, started talking to that sadhu. And they look at me, you know, I did so much for my children and they are beating me with the stick right now. <laughs> so sadhu could understand and he started talking to the dog and then, you know, uh, told him and gave him message and he blessed him, you know, don't worry, you know, you will be fine. Hmm? Uh, but remember this, uh, there is never a good, never a good time, you know, if you are hoping that, you know, this is the good time, then 
I will do the chanting. No, good time is right now. Whatever you have, whatever you uh, don't have, doesn't matter. Right now you can perform devotional service. And then he blessed that dog and went away. So this is what uh, the situation you know, in our life, in devotional life. Many times it happens with us also. <coughs> In a particular, you know, Grahastha Ashram, you speak about that. Hmm? We can get into so many things, uh, fulfilling, you know, different obligations and responsibilities. We get carried away and we compromise in our devotional service. Isn't it? Hmm? That happens. We, we never know. We try to get a solution of one problem, but uh, something else comes up uh, in the process of solving that problem. You know, some other problem comes. I remember when I was studying back home in my hometown, uh, the, 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 there is a big junction, you know, the fair, four major roads comes to uh, that place. Uh, and uh, there was always huge traffic there. So this uh, urban design department, you know, they come up with a solution, okay, we'll construct a big roundabout there. And this place is connected to the main airport. So it's like, you know, this roundabout has to be, you know, very, very iconic. When people visit our town, you know, our city, they should be, you know, like amazed, oh, what a town, you know. <laughs> so within that roundabout, they should build a very nice sculpture or something like that, you know, very attractive. That's, that signifies uh, the city. So they hired some commission, one architect, and you know, this architect comes with some proposal and they built also. So now this is huge roundabout, okay? Four major roads are <laughs> meeting each other. And huge roundabout they built, and within that roundabout, yeah, instead of small something, sculpture or garden, they built something, you know, very huge. It's almost looked like a building, you know? <laughs> That created more problem, you know. But drivers cannot see the other vehicles, you know, coming out. It was blocking the vision. So it went like that for some time, but there was a big issue. So they come up with the idea, okay, now demolish that. <laughs> so they demolished the whole structure, nice structure there, but it was huge, you know, within that roundabout, and they demolished that. But still, uh, traffic problem yet got solved. Mm. Uh, they made it into garden and then still it didn't solve. So they thought, okay, let's put some uh, uh, signals, mm. traffic lights. So they put uh, some traffic lights there. That will solve the problem. But India, you know, you know, <laughs> traffic lights, no one obeys anyway. Uh, this was one of the situation there also. Uh, people, it was so much traffic that, you know, people just ignore. So they thought, okay, to resolve that problem, uh, let's put some uh, traffic police there uh, on each four side. Uh, along with traffic signals, traffic police also standing there. But then so much, still, so much traffic, it couldn't get solved. Because, uh, you know, traffic lights, uh, for example, it is red here. Hmm? But the roundabout is so big 
that already there are so many vehicles within the roundabout, you know. And uh, as soon as this light turns green, more enters, you know. There is no space <laughs> to enter also. The traffic police and traffic lights couldn't solve the problem. And they left it like that, you know, and it's still going like that. <laughs> so we try to solve one problem and then another problem arises from there. Hmm? <clears throat> This is what happens in our life also. Okay, let me solve this problem, then I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that, then I'll chant Hare Krishna nicely, then I'll do some seva. No, time is right now. There is no best time other than today, right now. Uh, I remember, you know, now in Grahastashram, you know, chanting for example, so at one time, uh, when you used to talk to devotees, you know, devotees would present, you know, Prabhuji, uh, chanting, uh, I'm facing this, these challenges. Uh, why? Oh, I have this thing to do, I have to do that, uh, so and so forth. And then, you know, I used to, um, in my little understanding, you know, I would, to, I would try to give some uh, solutions. Okay, do like that. What about if you do like that? And this can resolve the problem, and then, you know, your chanting will improve. Uh, but today I'm saying, you know, I'm in that same situation, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, I was thinking, you know, oh, that time I was giving this solution to this person, but, you know, today I'm facing the same problem, you know, I can solve the same problem uh, with the same solution. For example, you know, back in those days, you know, when we, I was living in Bhagat Bhavan, uh, and we used to go in a tram, we didn't have cars or anything, you know, I used to go in a tram, commit by tram. And if we happen to see some devotees in the tram, and if they are chanting, Prabhuji, uh, we shouldn't chant in tram. You know, it's not good quality chanting. Uh, but uh, today I am chanting in tram, you know. <laughs> so sometimes I feel, I'm not advocating that one should chant in tram. I don't do actually, uh, occasionally. I commute by bike to my workplace. Uh, but yes. Now, life is so much occupied uh, that, you know, you have to go out of your house, walk alone in the park, mm, and you get some time to chant the rounds. Mm. And uh, in tram, you know, once I was chanting, oh, this is the best round I have done today, you know. <laughs> but it's not the best. Mm. But rather than, you know, just not doing chanting at all, something is done. Mm. So that way, you know, I was thinking, okay, chanting in tram was okay, but I'm not advocating that one should do that, one should find the time, and one should have quality chanting. But I'm saying that time won't be perfect. We, we, mind is such that, you know, mind will seek a comfortable situation, that, okay, get this sorted and then you will chant. You may not get throughout your day, you will be so much occupied with your other things, you may not get uh, the desired place and desired time uh, to do nice chanting. But uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't uh, make effort to do nice chanting. Mind will seek comfort, but uh, never let mind be so comfortable that it will neglect the spiritual duties. And same time, don't be so strict to mind that it rebels also. Hmm? 
one has to be very balanced just like a riding horse sometimes you pull the reins and sometimes you let it go also a little loose so horse may go here and there and it will feel free but if it's going deviating from the path then you pull sometimes you are stronger so treat the mind like that and find the situation in a day in our life like that that we don't compromise with our spiritual life so material desires <clears throat> will be there as long as we are in this material world and material body there will be a lot of material desires and there will be a lot of obligations and a lot of responsibilities in our ashram grahastha ashram brahmachari ashram any ashram everyone has responsibilities but our main aim is to transform that material desire into spiritual desire so now here a question so if we have unlimited desires can we solve those unlimited uh desires or fulfill those unlimited desires with limited means can we no right if something is unlimited how can you achieve that with your limited means <laughs> you know so one has to seek help of someone who is in unlimited position and that is this verse is all about hmm? what is this verse talking about what yes lord who is unlimited whose name is ananta uh, is endless so our desires are unlimited hmm? and particularly this material desires are unlimited and we know this material desires are causing us problem hmm? uh, we have to Uh, time to time you know we have to deal with that and it is very difficult hmm? not a problem we have solution uh, you approach someone who has unlimited strength who has unlimited intelligence hmm? who has unlimited means to handle your unlimited material desires and even transform that unlimited material desire into unlimited spiritual desires uh, and he is lord ananta lord vishnu lord krishna he can do it and from this verse on you will see how chitraketu maharaj glorifies so even if we have material desires not not a problem you know you go and seek help from lord it's not that oh i have material desires you know i am not pure I'll, when i become pure i will approach the lord no even if you have material desires a kam or sarva kam you know everyone can approach the lord and lord ananta can resolve your unlimited problems so this is the in essence this is the verse is talking about lord ananta this is how we can understand why lord is called ananta what is the significance of his name ananta he can solve our all unlimited problems of our life so lord anant dev ki jai anyone has any question or doubt or a correction apprehension yes so prabhupad gives one beautiful example uh, that iron rod hmm? 
that iron rod, when it is put into fire, and for some time, you know, it is there, when you take out that iron rod, what is it like? Is it iron anymore? What is it? It glows, but I mean, if you put for, it acts like a fire, right? It has become fire, actually. So that iron rod, uh, you kept in a fire, and after some time you took it out, it acts like a fire. If you touch something, you know, it will burn. Hmm? So it has become fire. Hmm? So this material desires, how to transform into spiritual desires, is that you, you engage yourself, uh, those desires, in a such a way that Prabhupada has taught us, uh, called Yukta Vairagya, that you engage those desires in a such a way that it is connected to uh, uh, Lord Krishna and his devotees. Mm. And then those uh, desires will become spiritualized eventually. Mm. So I have desire to eat different uh, foodstuffs, for example. Mm. So if, if, if I just eat everything and anything I desire, uh, uh, it, will, it will be a problem. Hmm. Uh, Sri Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that you know those who don't offer to me they eat sin and so we are eating sin <laughs> but the, that that propensity hmm, that craving to taste the different foodstuffs hmm, when Krishna says you offer with love to me I accept and you then accept that Mahaprasad that Prasad uh, that same activity uh, one is material activity you can call eating uh, but then when you eat Mahaprasad, when you eat Prasadam, the same activity is spiritualized, right? Mm. Of course, there is restrictions. You cannot offer everything and anything. Mm. But within that, you can get so many varieties. So same activity. At one time, it was material activity, but now it is spiritual activity. Uh, one activity is giving you sin, but other activity is giving you bhakti. Mm. So this is how you transform material desire to spiritual desires. Any other question? Yes, Prabhu. You mentioned about the As you give the example of this horse, sometimes we have to give some space for him and then bring him back. Mm -hmm. So can you highlight some better technique that how we can make an effective chanting? Yes, yes. You know, very, very hard. Yeah. Uh, saying rejection, Prabhupada saying many times. Also I was reading Bhujan Dasha's yes. uh, book about Japa. But uh, it is not easy for no. beginners. Maybe for very elevated person, they can have better way of control the mind. And at least when they're sitting for meditation, they make a good meditation or good chanting. Mm. So can you highlight your experience, please? Thank you. Yes. So I'm also in the same situation. <laughs> it takes a while. Uh, I'm not yet perfect as well in chanting. I'm also struggling in that. Uh, but what we have read from Srila Prabhupada, and uh, you have mentioned about Burijan Prabhu's book, Japa book, hmm? 
they have experienced that and they have realized and these are the some steep tips they have given us so of course they work they have worked and it works for others also so Yes, Prabhupada says, uh, where is the question of mind? You have japa bead and you have chanting, you know, just chant Hare Krishna and listen. Where is the question of mind there? <laughs> so, it's absolutely right, you know, where is the question of mind? Hmm? <clears throat> it takes practice. Uh, year after year, hmm, we practice. And there are so many things can be uh, uh, take, uh, talked about. Hmm? Uh, many devotees have many, many realizations about chanting. Hmm? So we can, we can take uh, uh, guidance and instructions from all these uh, devotees hmm? who have tried and tested hmm? how to improve their chanting. Hmm? And it's not uh, one solution. Hmm? To person to person at different time, uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Hmm? Particular solution, for example. Hmm? So, Yes, uh, it, um, in essence, it is practice. At particular given time, if you are able to focus on chanting, do that. Sometimes it doesn't work. For example, you know, it is said, best is you sit alone nicely and chant. But if I try to sit for two hours in one stretch, uh, I get backache. I cannot. And with backache, you know, my mind is not focusing on chanting. So rather, you know, I would prefer walking for example. So one solution may not work for different person. So we have to gauge ourselves and try different, different uh, uh, solutions given by these different devotees who have experienced and experimented and tested. And what works best for ourselves at given time, we shall do that. Say, for example, uh, in Bhagavad Gita, in um, chapter 6 of the obverse joke or uh, what do you call this obverse uh, joke is that or dhyan joke oh, chapter 6 chapter 6 of bhagavad gita uh-huh. so sri krishna has mentioned very detailed about meditation how to sit oh, yes, where yes, to sit yes. uh, how to address your mind to the ananta as you mentioned that mm, mm. Uh, but again, uh, that is not an easy process, number yes. one. Number two is that our material body and spiritual body has six different sheets or shells. Mm. Say, Annumaya Kosha, which is the physical body. And uh, Prabhupada has mentioned very nicely about this. And then your Pranamaya Kosha, breathing and all this thing. And then the uh, Munumaya Kosha. So if you look at the transition from one sheet to another sheet or one cell to another cell and then going towards upper level which is Anandamaya Kosha and then, uh, sorry, the Gyanamaya Kosha and then finally Anandamaya Kosha. So what I experienced that when you are chanting, if you control your breath, then you have better concentration than you take breath. When you take taking the breath, it minds shuffles mind goes to some other thought. But if you stop breathing or have a deep breath and stop and chant, and I see that the connection between the Annumaya Kosha to Manumaya Kosha is much better. So, 
hey, have you experienced this kind of uh, effective chanting method that I'm thinking? I haven't of. tried <coughs> that uh, method, and uh, I haven't tried Ashtang Yoga method anyway, so I cannot comment on that. But uh, yes, in essence, uh, whatever works for you, uh, uh, we shall do that. The way uh, essence is that we are able to listen the holy name attentively. And uh, by doing whatever means you have, by executing that method, uh, if you are able to hear the holy name, you are good at that time, no problem. So one thing is that this yoga is a scientific process, is it? It so, is a science, yoga. Yes. Or is it? So there, for science there is some kind of formula. Hmm. So shouldn't have developed this kind of formula where people can reach quicker. Because rejection of mind is not possible for simple way. And listening also not possible in simple way because mind is always shuffling. And when you sit for meditation, your mind is more unrest than it is usual case because in usual way you are always obeying the mind. Say when you are not chanting, but when you start chanting, then the mind revolts. Mm. Also in Japa book, Bhurujan uh, Dash has mentioned very nicely about this. So, since it is a scientific process, there should be a scientific formula. Is any kind of comment on that? Mm. Yes, this is, uh, Prabhupada has mentioned, you know, spiritual, it is science, mm. it is Vigyan, it is not, uh, Vigyan means realized knowledge. Mm. It is not uh, just a knowledge. <clears throat> now, further, uh, to my understanding, formula is not like a formula, you know, hydrogen and oxygen, when you mix, it will become water. Mm? It is very different science than the material science we are talking about. So, the equations and formulas and methods we uh, we uh, develop hmm, for material science. Hmm, it will not. It is not like that in a spiritual science. You know, you work out. You know, for example, last time you mentioned about. Uh, it, 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 yes, uh, it helps a, a lot hmm, when uh, when when it comes to uh, control your mind. You know, you want to control your mind so that you know with controlled mind you can do uh, uh, meditation and then you know other things, higher things in bhakti you can do nicely. So if there is no control of mind, Krishna says in second chapter, you know, when there is no uh, control of mind or no control over your senses, what is the possibility of spiritual life, progress in spiritual life that is required. <clears throat> but this Ashtang Yoga is not prescribed in this age, in this Kali Yuga, because we don't have, this living entity in the Kali Yuga don't have capacity to perform that Ashtanga Yoga. And further, in that Yoga ladder, if we talk about, Bhakti Yoga comes the topmost. And Bhakti Yoga, the beauty of Bhakti Yoga is such that you are directly dealing with Lord. So ultimately, ultimately, this is in essence that by our own effort, we'll never able to control the mind. By our own efforts, we'll be never able to reach the Lord. 
in Srimad Bhagavatam you will hear so many verses speaks about that that by your intelligence by your actions by your strength you cannot approach the Lord you cannot reach the Lord only by devotional service only by bhakti pure love towards God you can attract the Lord's attention and only when you have Lord's mercy upon you one can be uh, then automatically all these problems of your mind and body, all the senses get solved automatically. So Lord's mercy is the essence. And how Lord's mercy comes? Uh, just by doing devotional service. There is, as the, uh, before you came, I mentioned the, some points, you know, there are not, there is no perfect time. That okay. <laughs> if, when my mind gets fully controlled, when my senses are fully controlled, I'll be in that perfect time, then I will do devotional service. Let me work on my mind first, my senses first, you know. No, it's not going to happen anytime. So whatever condition you have, whatever <coughs> situation of your mind and senses are today, uh, it's okay, you are qualified to do devotional service. That is the beauty of devotional service. It is not dependent on your current position, your current condition of your mind. It is uncontrolled, that's fine. You bring, Krishna says, you bring that uncontrolled mind also. I am there, I'll make it controlled. Krishna represents mind actually. So when we make a sincere effort to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, beauty of bhakti is that, you know, Lord Krishna sees that sincerity and Lord Krishna helps the mind to be controlled and then that mind will get attracted to Lord Krishna. So it is not us actually. We can make sincere effort but after one point it is Lord who actually takes control and who does everything else. So this is what I do. I don't do other things. If you are asking about me, if I am struggling in chanting, I straight away take shelter and seek help and start asking, I beg Lord that you know please help me, my mind is troubling so much, please help me. And then I see, you know, like that, slowly, slowly, you know, it improves. Some days are very good, some days are struggling, but yes, it works. So ultimately, the Lord Ananta, He is the one who handles this unlimited material desires, you know, continuously this mind is bombarding us with is Lord Krishna. Thank you. Thanks. Nice discussion. Okay. It's over nine o'clock now. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Srila Prabhupada ki.